Hey, what's up? This is Derek. This is the Bariatric Badass Podcast, the infamous bariatric badass podcast, the OG bariatric badass. I'm not a lot of creators. <clears throat> hint, hint. The uh, girls from my Sleeve Life podcast use the term bariatric badass on their Patreon. I get it. It's cool. It's like a uh, what would you call it? It's a play in words, right? I really, would really like to express to you what it means to be a badass, to be a bariatric badass, because a lot of people would consider that kind of you know, arrogant. Hold on, water break. But is it? Is it? Yeah, it is. Fuck yeah, it is. You know why? Because I got the courage to open up and talk about a topic that is very near and dear to Derek Peterson's heart. And what that topic is, is addiction. So this is a trigger warning. And then I'm going to be talking about all the addictions that I've had to deal with since I had my weight loss surgery. So if anybody in my family is listening, anybody was sensitive, um, that is sensitive to this type of situ, you know, these type of topics needs to not listen to this episode. Um, because I'm also going to promote it on all platforms. So I want to talk about this because the simple fact is people's lives are being destroyed as well as my own life has been put into a blender and just, uh, my life's been rocked, right? I've stopped creating for a while for the simple fact that I'm dealing with transfer addictions. I'm not going to say what those transfer addictions are. What I can say is the transfer addiction I'm dealing with is not illegal and it's not alcohol. Um, when I started this, uh, this, this, this fun game of weight loss surgery, it was food. And for all of us, it was food. You know, I got, you know, PTSD. I got problems, you know, in my past, whatever. And that someday I will come out and talk fully about when I feel that I'm healed enough from that PTSD that I can talk about it and I can tell stories about it because it's important that you are open about things. Maybe I'm the only one that works with it. When I talk, when I do this and I, t- I tell stories, I try to connect the dots throughout the story and at the end of it to make sense and to help people relate to what I'm talking about. Sometimes I get so graphic in these stories that I stop. I just fucking stop what I'm doing because it gets very private. Because a lot of PTSD for me comes from my first marriage. I'm not going to get into it. A lot of PTSD lately has been because of blame. Because, you know, we, we lost our place to live. Um, I know she right out of the blue evicted us. It wasn't our fault. Um, I should have been ready. I wasn't financially ready. Um, a lot of people helped out. 
I got some dude approaching my car. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Hold up. He's just standing there. Okay. He's about ready to walk into my car because he's on his phone. Anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, financially, I should have been ready. Emotionally, I should have been ready. Mentally, I should have been ready, and I wasn't. And it was very, very traumatic experience for me and my family. Uh, we lost animals that has that have been in our lives for over almost a decade. Nosferatu, my pit bull, which meant the world to me. He was my best friend. I had to take him to the um, uh, to the shelter. And what was crazy about that is when I took him to the shelter, he had to go through a behavioral um, when you when you take dogs to uh, a shelter, they have to go through a some type of behavioral um, test and see if they're good with other dogs. If they're not good with other dogs because of his breed, they get put down, they get euthanized. Well, I took my dog the first day, and mind you, <laughs> you guys already know I'm a boob, right? You already know that I'm a crier. I don't give a fuck. When I said my final goodbye to that dog, I bawled like a fucking baby. I wrapped my arms around. I'm sure he was like, what the hell dog? I cried so fucking hard when I had to give my dog up that the two girls that were running the counter, when I went up and I handed them the paperwork, they had tears rolling down their face. I felt so bad. And it's like, as they led him back, he turned around and looked at me and I, uh, it was heartbreaking. So the next day I had to take my wife and my daughter's cats. Same ordeal. Same ordeal. Fluffy, who's a polydactyl cat, has been in our life for, hell, probably seven years. And then uh, Cupcake, who was a black, morbidly obese cat. I mean, have you ever had one of those animals or those types of people who are like snuggly and they just want to snuggle? This cat, Cupcake, he, for, first of all, he was... Two years old, and he was almost 20 pounds. He was a big cat. Jumped up on your lap when you're trying to go to the bathroom. He would find his way on your bed, and he would snuggle up to your face. One of the most loving animals I've ever had in my life. Um, I had to take down. You know, it, it, it kind of appeared to me that my daughter took it pretty well. Um, but it really came down to... Do we live in my car, keep our animals, or go to the place where we live now, which is a insane upgrade. If you ask my dad, me going where we were at, and where we were at was a house. It was a three-bedroom home with a backyard, <clears throat> nice little shed, whatever. Now we have somewhat of a townhouse. Still got a backyard, beautiful patio, beautiful tree. My neighbor's a fucking veteran. I'm a very big supporter of veterans. So, uh, you know, and it's a good neighborhood. And the elementary that sure has got to walk the kids to school every day is just a hop, skip, and jump away. 
So it's one of those situations where you have to make a decision. And we made the right decision as much as it hurt. Well, that caused a lot of PTSD because I blamed myself. I blame myself because I wasn't prepared financially, I wasn't prepared emotionally, and I wasn't prepared mentally. That's the problem with Derek's brain, is it what I like to call snowball. My brain will snowball, and what I basically mean by that is one thought will get in my head, and it will just get rolling, and it starts rolling down the hill, and it collects more thoughts, and I start thinking this, and I start thinking that, and I get vibrations from people, I get certain energies from people, like at work, I get around people, and and I know my work is just really like hard-paced, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, people have to perform correctly at work, or they can get their asses in a lot of trouble, so there's a lot of I wouldn't say negative energy, but, you know, that, you get it. So, when my brain snowballs, it gets worse and worse and worse. And so, that's where my transfer addictions came into play. Now, let's take a step back. Let's go back to, I'm going to say probably about 2016. I had my weight loss surgery in 2013, September 2013. And I got, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You like go to the gym, feeling good. You're down 50 pounds. You're down a hundred pounds, whatever. You go to the gym, you're feeling good. You do a little bit more than you probably should. I can tell you right now and I know this from experience and from educational standpoint is your body is riddled with muscular imbalances when you drop dramatic amounts of weight. And if you think about that, that's, you know, that's common sense, right? You carry whatever, you know, 100 overweight, 100, 200 pounds, whatever. Some people 300 pounds overweight. It causes your spine to, you know, causes your spine to bow, causes hip problems, causes knee problems, causes ankle problems. Everything below your belt, well, I'm going to say probably everything below the middle of your back, probably where your your chest meets, all the way down your back. And if you're heavy enough, sometimes in your shoulders as well. Well, when you drop this, this weight, those joints still feel like they have the weight on them, but they don't. So they're imbalanced. So what happens is you risk injury and you have to fix those muscular imbalances, which is pretty simple to do as long as, hold up. Okay. I'm just reading a text. Pretty simple to do. Um, Oh, that text threw me out big time. It's pretty simple to do. Um, you just got to be consistent with it. You got to be consistent with trying to fix these imbalances. And if you're not consistent with these, with fixing these imbalances, then you go into the gym you go hard and you get hurt, which is what happened to me. You know, I hurt my, uh, first of all, snap my brachioradialis tendon, which is the tendon that attaches from the, uh, bicep to the brachial muscle 
snapped. Whoosh. Very painful. Very painful. I also tore my rotator cup, but that was later. So, ended up in a pain clinic. And this pain clinic was giving me 90 pills a day, a, a month. They were giving me 90 hydrocodone every single month. That's a lot of pills. And I would go through those fuckers in two to three weeks. That's how bad my hydrocodone, my pain pill, uh, opioid addiction was. Okay, well, somehow I got off the opioid problem. I got off the opioid problem because of Kratom, right? Kratom, Kratom completely legal. Not exactly safe. I mean, if you take too much Kratom, it can cause types of brain damages. It causes. You know, for you, it, 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 it's just, there's not enough research that is done on Kratom and what it does to the body in order for me to come out and say, well, hey, this is what it's done to me. Okay. So, okay, Kratom. I was on Kratom for a couple of years. Very expensive. After, well, it's not expensive if you're only doing a little bit, but when you, you know, are, you know, you have that addictive personality, it snowballs. Like I said, it snowballs and it gets more and more worse and you have to do more, you have to do more. It's just like doing any other type of substance is you need to do more in order to get something from it. Okay, that's when I discovered Kava, K-A-V-A. If I can give you any advice, my greatest advice that I can give you is do not do any kava. What kava does is it acts as it's used in ceremonies in um, you know in Polynesian culture, and uh, they're addictive because it's like alcohol. It makes you feel intoxicated, like alcohol, right? It literally you steep it like tea. Or you can get a drink mix and boom, you drink that half a cup of coffee, a half a cup of, in, a, in a coffee cup. It makes you feel drunk for, I don't know, half an hour or whatever. And that's it. And it goes away. It's not illegal. I wouldn't say you should drive on it, but I can tell you this much right now. If you abuse it, it causes so many problems. So many problems to the point that it put me in the hospital last year. Helped me have a mental breakdown. And that's just, that, that, that's, that's the problem. That is the problem with transfer addictions. One thing that I've come to really clearly, and that I haven't done in a long time, is tell stories and be completely transparent about what is going on in my life? It's important that I'm transparent about what's going on in my life because I'm capable of, when I tell a story, identifying certain pieces of that story to help myself. Like when I had the mental breakdown in, it was 2021, in April 2021. And I was like, I just, when I got out of the hospital, I just boom, 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 content, 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 content. Because at one point when I had been awake, I fucking swear for nine days, 
I remember sitting in bed with Cherise. She was dead asleep. A couple nights before, I begged her to help me kill myself. Such a shameful fucking thing to go through, but I did it. Instead of doing that to her again, I sat in bed and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Whatever happens, happens. This is madness. If I'm going to start going mad, if I'm going to have a stroke, if I'm going to have a heart attack, so be it. I'm here with my beautiful wife. Whatever happens, happens. I let it flow. And what I did right there was I allowed myself to relax. I allowed my brain to relax. I allowed my uh, anxiousness to go away. Next thing you know, Derek wakes up after six hours of sleep. I was ecstatic. And then I realized, you know what? That's because I allowed flow to happen. We sure he's call it flow. You know, like I always talk about, the three different things you can do. You can fight, you can take a break, or you can allow it to flow. So when I say fight, that means push, 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 push. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it does. You push, 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 you run out of gas. And when you run out of gas, what happens? You quit. And you go back on the shit. Right? I didn't want to be that way. I didn't want to get in that position. Or I could could have take a break and just, mm, I just want to take a break, whatever. And what happens there? Very simple explanation of that. I take a break for two weeks. Two weeks down the road, I feel absolutely horrible because of the fact that I took a break. And now I'm behind in bills. I've taken time off work. I'm more depressed, blah, 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 blah. Or I can allow life to flow like it's supposed to. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. But it's not working like I want it to. It's not working as fast as I want it to. But I am realizing that I need I need to be doing more content. I need to be more, more honest and authentic and realistic in these podcasts, not my videos. And that's what I'm going to do. So if people don't like hearing them, you don't have to listen to the podcast. You don't have to watch the videos. But I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for me because it helps me. And it also helps a lot of people. When I went on to Facebook after I had my mental breakdown, I lost, I, what was it? I think 300 followers. <sighs> fell, off the face of, fell off the face of the earth. Like that. We didn't care. You know what? We're not here to, you know, to... To get followers, if that was the case, we would be paying Facebook ad money to get followers. We'd be pay, paying Facebook uh, money to put our shit out in front of followers. We'd be paying TikTok, which you can pay TikTok to get followers very easily, very inexpensive. You give TikTok a hundred bucks, they'll give you a thousand followers that are in your niche. So when I say niche, if you don't know what a niche is, basically what that is, my niche right now is bariatric. Okay, so what the the people I'm trying to reach are bariatric, and that's what niche means. Um, 
but I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. If people want to follow me, they can follow me. I'm different. Okay. And on Facebook, I was known as the bad boy of the bariatric community, and that's okay. You know, I used a lot of profanity. I used, for the longest time, we would use the middle finger as our salute. People dig it, they digged it, and they, it was great. But it gave me a bad reputation to the point that I had people canceling us. And that's, we did get canceled. But they didn't cancel us hard enough because it made us even more popular. <laughs> so, anyway. There's anything I want you to take away from this episode other than the fact that I just poured my heart out to you is this. If you're going to have a transfer addiction, whatever you do in excess is going to have a victim. I've been saying that for years. Whatever you do in excess is going to have a victim. If you're going to get on opiates, you're going to be the fucking victim because it's going to destroy your liver. You know, your life is at risk. Your family's, you know, your your financial well-being, your livelihood for your family is going to be at risk. You're going to hurt your children. You're going to hurt your spouse. If you start drinking, same scenario. If you start doing illicit drugs, same scenario. Exercise. Even I hear people all the time say, oh, exercise is a, there's no victim there. Bullshit. Bullshit. Let me give you an example real quick. Me and Sharice, uh, 2018, around there, we were going to the gym three hours a day, six days a week. Because I worked on swing ship then, and we went in the morning. Our house went to shit. Well, our bodies were going to shit because we were doing it too much. We weren't making any progress, but we were happy. Mentally, we were happy. So there's the victim with exercise. So what I have found as the best transfer addiction for me, other than fighting the skeletons in my closet and fighting the demons that I'm dealing with, is making content and communicating with people who are engaging with my content. But there is a victim. And that victim is my family. I don't get to communicate with my family. I don't get to spend time with my family. Addiction is hell. It really is. I pray to God that I make it through it. I've gone through some serious shit in my life, and I, like I said, someday I hope I'll be able to talk about it. Someday I hope I'll be able to come out and talk about what I've been through. Now it's not that time. Now it's not that time because it's very, very traumatic and very personal. And I don't think I'm ready to talk about it. I want to. I do want to come out and do like an hour podcast. You know, I do want to come out and do like a two-hour two hour podcast and talk about what I've been through. And what has brought me to this hellacious, this, this madness that I'm in right now. But I'm getting through it because I'm allowing life to happen. I'm allowing the flow to happen. Sharice, like last night, 
last night I was like so sleep deprived because I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I couldn't get back to sleep. We went to bed at like midnight. And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried to get back to sleep and it, it wasn't happening. I wasn't able to get back to sleep. And so when Derek's sleep deprived, he gets very, very depressed. When Derek gets very depressed, his mind starts to snowball and stupid shit like, you know, suicidal ideology and stuff like that. And the way Sharice was with me last night was incredible. Incredible. Just the look in her eyes, her looking into my eyes, telling her, telling me that she loves me, that she knows that I'm going to get through this, blah, 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 blah. I really hope you guys have a good support system out there because it's very important. If you do not have a support system within your family, you need to find a support system. If that's not, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, if that's not... Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, friends, support groups on Facebook and TikTok are great. Uh, hold up. I'm dying of thirst. I love you guys very much. And there is a support group you have just got to reach out you've just got to reach out it might take me a minute to get back to you but you've got to reach out you comment if you only follow us on this podcast all you need to do is comment all right if you have a question and you want to ask it anonymously send us a message on facebook facebook.com forward slash bariatric badass badass spelled b-a-d-a-z-z tiktok same name bariatric badass but that's a-s-s instagram bariatric badass same thing my entire social media is bariatric badass i will help you through this i have been through it and i know i don't have the answers but I have a hand and I can pull you along. Okay. I'm not going to advertise the site now. You know where the site is. Bariatricbadass.com. Go listen to some episodes. Okay. I love you guys. Take care of yourself. Okay. Love you.